It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. The Carolina Panthers 16, the New York football giants 19. Panthers fall to 0-2 to start off this 2022 NFL season, which, of course, is calling for the firing of Matt Rule. The fan base is incensed after watching yet another poor display of Carolina Panthers football on a Sunday afternoon. I am not an X's and O's guy. I am not someone who played football at a high level. I'm not someone who crunches the all 22. I believe in the numbers. I believe when I see with my eyes, I like narratives. I talk to people who know the game better than me. And I read as much as I can to sit here and give you an educated opinion on this team. And I appreciate all y'all for riding with me. With that being said, the numbers bear out. Things have not been good for Matt Rule here in Carolina. And we've all known that. But when you really take into account what the numbers say, it's far worse than really any of us could have ever imagined. After the Panthers lost on Sunday, they have now lost nine straight games under Matt Rule, dating back to last season, where they lost seven straight games following their win against the Arizona Cardinals on the road, where Cam Newton scored two touchdowns in his first two touches and got the Panthers to 5-5. Five and five. Since then, they've lost nine straight games. Matt Rule, in 35 games, as a head coach for the Carolina Panthers, is 10-25. and 25. In 26 games where the Carolina Panthers have allowed their opponents under Matt Rule to score 17-plus points, the Carolina Panthers are 1-25. The Panthers have led in 17 of their last 19 games, and they are 5-12 in those games. By comparison, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who have led in some of their previous games the same amount as Carolina, they sit 
at 14-4. and four. The Carolina Panthers are not a good football team under Matt Rule. There really is not much of an argument to be made against that at this point in time. I am someone who did not have an issue with bringing back Matt Rule for a third season here in Carolina. And I know I'll take heat from that from a lot of you out there who wanted Matt Rule to be fired after last season. I just felt that getting rid of a coach after two seasons didn't really make much sense to me. Year one, you didn't expect anything at all. Year two, you needed to see some improvement. I didn't think it was so disastrous that they needed to move on like the Giants and Joe Judge, but it certainly wasn't good and certainly did not lead many to believe that Matt Rule could change things this upcoming season. Now, the coaching staff changes, CNB improved, but so far the offense under Ben McAdoo has not been much improved at all from what we saw a year ago. Defensively, they looked great on Sunday. Last week against the Browns, same issues that we saw when stopping the run. Despite all that, Matt Rule believes that this team is close. That he hurts for the guys, and he's got to find a way to get them over the hump and make those one or two extra plays that will help them win this game. The problem is, it's just not one or two plays. It's three or four or five. It's Chuba Hubbard fumbling on the opening kickoff. It's Robbie Anderson getting stripped. It's not being able to get... Daniel Jones on the ground on a third down that you have to have. It's not being able to pick up the blitz on a critical third down late in the game. It's not just one or two plays. It's a multitude of plays week in and week out for the Carolina Panthers. It is a calamity of errors that we have seen for 35 games under Matt Rule. The team has not learned how to finish under Matt Rule. Two straight games to start the season – where they have not played well at all, but have still been right there in the fourth quarter with an opportunity to win. Last week, offense no-show for the first 25 minutes, and after that, according to Matt Rule, they were one of the top five offenses in the league for the final 35 minutes. Baker Mayfield did something that we did not see from Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater over the course of the last two seasons by getting him down the field and having what we thought was a game-winning drive. Well, it turns out it wasn't. Blame the rest all you want. Couldn't stop the run. Offense didn't show up. Panthers didn't deserve the win last week. Then today, fumble on the opening kickoff. Fumble on your second and really your first offensive possession. Ikiakuanu having a false start when you're trying to do a hard count on a fourth and one. And the play before Baker Mayfield missing a layup to DJ Moore in third and one. The lack of execution that happens week in and week out here in Carolina really makes it hard to believe Matt Rule when he says that they're close, that they just have to find a way to win. And that's why I called last week so deflating. Yeah, it's only one week. Yes, they showed a competitive nature and spirit that we really hadn't seen from them the first two seasons under Matt Rule, but they still lost. They needed to play like utter crap and still find a way to win. They were tied 6-6 at the half. The Giants, who offensively are not very good, could have been up 14-0 to start this game. Instead of the Carolina Panthers' red zone defense, which was one of the facets of defense that we talked about going into the season with them going good from good to great, where they actually were really good today. One for three, the Giants were in the red zone. The Panthers keeping them in the game once again after the offense did not show up. They had a chance. 
down there, down 1916, another opportunity like Teddy had, like Sam had, and like Baker had last week to get the team down the field to either tie or win the game, and the Carolina Panthers came up short. It's not just that. It's the decision-making that Matt Rule has made. Baker Mayfield did not look good at all today. I still believe Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from Sam Darnold, and I do still believe that his offense is a work in progress. They should have had far more time together, dating back to OTAs and mandatory minicamp, had the Panthers just figured out a trade. Or if they didn't do the whole, oh, let's treat this like a meritocracy and give Sam Darnold a chance. And I totally understand there's players in that locker room that wanted to see that happen with a quarterback competition, and I put that in quotes. I totally understand that. But how has that helped the team be prepared for week one offensively? They haven't been. Weren't prepared again week two. That falls on the coaching staff. And certainly plenty of things we saw on Sunday fall on the players and their lack of execution. I don't know how much I can really pin on Matt Rule with the game today, but really it all falls underneath him. And he said it. A lot of y'all say that he never takes responsibility. That's complete BS because he went out there and it was one of the first things that he said that it falls on him. It's his responsibility to help these guys win. And he has not done that. So I don't want to hear people saying that Matt Rule is not accountable for his own shortcomings because he certainly has been if you're willing to listen, which I know a lot of you do not want to at this point in time. And you're certainly justified in being upset based off of how things have gone here through 35 games of the Matt Rule era. But yet another mistake that we saw from Matt Rule, personnel-wise, played out with the place-kicking game in Graham Ganell. Two 50-plus-yard field goals from Graham Ganell. Ganell was not healthy back at the end of the 2018 season when he missed a critical field goal against Seattle Seahawks. Came back in 19 had his leg issue, we later find out that he was misdiagnosed by the former trainer, Ryan Vermillion, who had the feds roll up on him, what, a year ago. So clearly the wrong guy under Ron Rivera was here in the training staff. He comes back, and the Panthers, Matt Rule specifically, think that they'd rather roll with Joey Sly than Graham Gano. Sly stinks, they bring in Santoso, he stinks, they get Zane Gonzalez right, but injuries once again, an issue for Zane Gonzalez here in Carolina last season and again this season as he's out for the rest of the year. So far, Pinero's look good, but Graham Godot showing, once again, Matt Rule making poor personnel decisions and letting him go. Matt Rule has not done very much at all to inspire confidence that he can turn things around. So do the Carolina Panthers fire him? That is a question I don't really think is even being asked. It's something that's being demanded from owner David Tepper. I guess two weeks in the season, didn't really want to do this, but I suppose we can discuss that in the calamity of errors the Carolina Panthers made once again in their loss to the New York Giants on this Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. We're fully immersed in the fantasy football world this year, and make sure to check out our friends over at Prize Picks. So, how does it work? Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people; it's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA Tour, college football, college basketball for both men's and women's soccer, WNBA, NASCAR, tennis. 
fitness, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and to the north of us in Canada. Download the free Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So, this is how it works if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepicks.com and download the Prize Picks app. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Rule entered week two with the second highest odds to be the first head coach fired in the NFL. Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys, 7-2. Matt Rule, 15-4 odds, according to our friends over at Bet Online. And I'm sure a lot of you are betting that Matt Rule will be the first head coach fired. Now the Carolina Panthers have started off 0-2, and he does not have a built-in excuse that McCarthy has and Dak Prescott being out for the next four to six weeks. We'll see however long it is for him and the Dallas Cowboys, but there's little reason at this point in time to believe that Matt Rule is going to survive here in Carolina. We'll certainly break down the game at some point in time here on the show today because that's what we're doing. It's a reaction podcast, but I cannot ignore what the main story for the Carolina Panthers and their fans is right now. They're 0-2, Matt Rule. As I mentioned to you, is 10-25 and overall. He's lost nine straight games. The Panthers are 1-25 when allowing 17-plus points to their opponents under Matt Rule, and they've led in 17 of their last 19 games, 5-12 and 12 in those games. I think it was uh, Trill Weathers on, tw- on Twitter who uh, quote-tweeted my tweet, bearing out those numbers, saying, criminally unserious the Carolina Panthers are by allowing Matt Rule to, main- to stay as their head coach, considering all those numbers. I've told y'all before last season when we had the conversations of what would happen to Matt Rule and whether he would come back for a third season, whether he should come back for a third season, I'm not going to sit here and call for this man's job. It's not going to do me any favors or really you any favors by me going out there and doing it. I already had someone tweet at me and be like, you need to do it because they apparently yell into my Twitter comments saying all the time what they think the Panthers are going to do and that I should yell out here on my podcast every single time that Matt Rule should be fired. Going at Hornets games and shouting fire rule has done nothing for you. Me coming on here and yelling that they should fire rule is not going to do anything for me, and it's not going to convince David Tepper to do that at all. Y'all not showing the games is not going to force David Tepper to do that because he's going to get money regardless because the NFL's TV deal. Not much that you, the fan, and me also, the fan and podcast host, can really do. We are basically hostages to David Tepper and Matt Rule making the right decisions and leading this team to success and victory on the field, which has not occurred in 35 games during the Matt Rule era. I'm not going to sit here and call for the man's job. It will work itself out. Believe me, 
if Matt Rule keeps losing, he's going to get fired. David Tepper has plenty of money. He ain't going to sit there and keep watching this dreck week in and week out. And you're probably asking yourself, why didn't he get rid of him anyways? Great question. And I'll say this. If David Tepper does decide that enough is enough, and we saw what he looked like in the booth a week ago, I was laughing my ass off seeing David Tepper look just as upset as you and me and everyone else who watches his team week in and week out feels. And I, in a way, appreciate how upset he gets because it does show you that he cares. And he put a lot of things to the side to really put his focus in the Carolina Panthers, which has become his passion project, you know, his baby And he hasn't really treated his baby very well. And certainly none of the people around who are actually fans of the team. Like for me, he should be a caretaker more than any team. This is the team here in the community that, of course, was brought by Jerry Richardson, but was led to succeed because of the passion here from the fans and, of course, the players that have come and gone here in Carolina. If David's everything said it's time to do it, I'm just wondering why did he not make the change a year ago? For everyone who wants Matt Rule to be fired – I don't see how that necessarily benefits Carolina Panthers. Who's going to be the head coach then? Ben McAdoo? We've already seen how he handles as a head coach. He ain't it. And his offense ain't really playing all all that well. Is it going to be Steve Wilkes? I'm totally on board with that if that's the case. Steve still didn't have a great situation that one year in Arizona. He's suing because of what happened to him afterwards. And I definitely believe he got a raw deal. I just don't see... How firing Matt Rule is going to prevent Shuba Hubbard from fumbling kickoffs. That's going to prevent Robbie Anderson from fumbling. That's going to prevent Shai Smith from dropping balls and Ian Thomas from dropping balls and Ike Iquano from giving up sacks and Pat Elfline from being Pat Elfline. I don't understand how any of that's going to change any of the execution issues that we saw from the players on Sunday. It might make you feel better. All it's going to do is make the Carolina Panthers look even worse than they already look. And I guess it's a reasonable question. What's more embarrassing, to keep a coach with those numbers or to fire a coach after two, two weeks into the season when you probably should have fired him last year, if that's the case? Again, I'm not sitting here saying I want Matt Rule to be fired. I'm also not sitting here saying I want Matt Rule to remain. I just look at the situation and think probably more of a dumpster fire and a joke of an organization to get rid of the guy after two weeks than just to keep him for – I don't even know how much longer, honestly, because I'm sure I'm going to get questions for the mailbag asking me, okay, how much longer is it going to take until Matt Rule's done here in Carolina? Why not rip the Band-Aid off? And they're all reasonable points. And I don't disagree with really anyone at all. If you want to be mad, you want Matt Rule gone, I'm not going to fight you on it. There are plenty of things that point to that should be the case and likely will be the case. Oh, my goodness. This is just so exhausting. This is why... I was desperate for them to get off to a good start because I did not want to be doing this two weeks in the year. It's not fun. I already had someone asking me for the mailbag, like, hey, start naming candidates for next season. Like, bro, it's two weeks into the year. I need to see what the market looks like, who actually presents themselves to look like a viable head coach. I know for one thing I'm not going to recommend a college coach because we see how that works time and time again. Spurrier couldn't do it. Saban couldn't do it. But for whatever reason, Matt Rule was supposed to do it. Hasn't done it at all. And this was supposed to be the easy part of the Panthers' schedule, too. You get a backup quarterback in Jacoby Reset. And going to last week, the only way the Browns win that game is if they play well defensively, which they did, they get turnovers, which they got one, and they run over the Panthers. So they checked all the boxes. And they certainly got help in the end. Brissett was not good. 
He was not terrible, but he was pretty bad. And the Panthers still should have lost that game, but had a chance to win that game. And that's a game that you need to win against a backup quarterback. Don't know what the Browns did against the Jets today. Don't necessarily care at all. Then this game, the Giants, they stink. I was talking to Patricia Traina of Locked on Giants this week on a crossover episode, and hell, man, Panthers just lost. Giants really ran the ball well against Tennessee. Didn't run the ball at all. That was one of the positives uh, today in this game. But there's, that's a game at home where, hey, home, you're favorite at home, two and a half points. That's what it opened up at. You got to think that the Giants are probably going to win that game. But the Panthers have to beat a team that's supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. And New York now has a chance to start off 4-0. And a great start for Brian Dable and Joe Shane who spent time here in Carolina. Congratulations to them. Also, what the hell, man, that that's turning around that quickly, it looks like. And the Giants aren't a good football team. So what does that say about the Carolina Panthers? And someone already asked me that question. If the Giants are supposed to be one of the worst teams, and the Panthers just lost to them, and they lost to the Browns a week ago, what does that say about Carolina? doesn't say a lot of good things. Certainly doesn't say a lot of good things about their head coach. I mean, he's not wrong in a way that they're close. Because they certainly have been close in these games, but they just find a way to lose. And that's what the NFL really is. And that's why it boils down to coaching at the end of the day. Execution, absolutely is one of the things that teams have to do, the players have to do. But when most weeks, these are one-score games, it's going to come down to the coaching decisions and how well-prepared the coaches have these teams. And we saw the years where Ron Rivera and the Panthers did the playoffs, they were they excelled in one-score games. The years where they didn't, they were bad in one-score games. Was that Rivera's fault? Was it the players' fault? It's a combination of the two. We did find out that Ron Rivera actually was a pretty good coach. Things came to an end, probably needed to come to an end here in Carolina, but Ron was certainly a very good coach. We've yet to see that play out with Matt Rule so far here in Carolina. And I guess that's part of the issue what all of y'all have. Like, I've been over the numbers now twice. They are just not good in one-score games. And if you can't win in one-score games, you can't win in this league. Because the Panthers damn sure aren't going to blow anybody out. If anything, they're going to get blown out themselves. So you have to find a way to make not the one or two plays, but really the four or five or six plays that doesn't put them in the position where – they could have been down 14 nothing. That doesn't put them in a position where they're coming back week in and week out. The offense has to execute. The defense, I can't really ask too much of them from today other than get, get a stop when you need to get a stop. So will Matt Rule be fired? I don't know, man. I'm not, no, everything's on the table at this point in time. David Sepper certainly seems to be a, a pretty emotional guy. I don't know how irrational. I don't think he necessarily would be irrational, but... <sighs> I don't know, folks. It's going to come to an end at some point in time. And it feels inevitable at this point in time. I was someone who felt bullish on this team because that's really what it comes down to for me. Is you look at this roster, the O-line, they're still trying to come together. And it goes to the offense as a whole. Did not spend enough time in the preseason and even dating back to OTA's mandatory minicamp together to have that cohesion and to be able to come out playing well immediately. And you see it across the league. But really, Carolina was terrible offensively, and that's not something you want to see going into this year. Defensively, like, they can be good. Louva looked really good today. Shaq looked good. I mean, Brian Burns had two sacks. Defensively, like, defense ain't the problem. Last week, they certainly didn't help things. The offense didn't help them out at all by not moving the football. So I'm not going to try and put everything on defense. Of course, I'm not going to do that. The roster is not in a bad place. It really isn't. 
compared to what they've been the last two seasons, the roster is not where it was, and they should be competitive. And, hey, they've been competitive these first two games. They also haven't looked to it as a unit. That comes down to the coach, man. The GM's not a bad GM. I think he's made some good decisions. You can also question some of his decisions so far, of course, at quarterback with Darnold, and we can even question Baker right now, but they had to do something. We'll see how that plays out. That's the frustrating thing. Easy part of the schedule. The roster is not that bad. It's just the coach is not doing what he's supposed to do to get them over the hump. And the player's got to do better, but certainly that's not worked out to this point in time through two games and 35 games, really, of the Matt Rule era. All right, um... Take another pause here, then I'll get into some of the execution issues, and we can even talk about some positives that we saw from today, and I don't know, man, just rough day. Be back here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., Book a spacious SUV or minivan for your family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Mini Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the Carolina Panthers, they had a chance to win this game for the second week in a row. They put themselves behind the eight ball, crawled out of the hole, and were right there in the fourth quarter in a position to win the game. And they failed at doing that. And really, to me, I don't know now how much I can really blame on Matt Rule individually on this game. Of course, it all falls back onto him. And he said that at the press conference. As much as you want to ignore that, he said that at the press conference, which is certainly opposite of what many of y'all on the Bird app try to tell me that Matt Rule does as far as accountability here in Carolina. He certainly has passed the buck in the past. Maybe misinterpreted, but still, Matt Rule, for the most part, has set out there and taken up accountability, which he did on Sunday, following the 1916 loss to New York. But the, the opening kick and the execution overall, man, that's on the players because they just did not play well enough, especially offensively. Two drops from Shai Smith, dropped me and Thomas. Robbie Anderson had a drop as well. Icky with the sack that he gave up there on a critical third down. Offensively, 0 for 5 on third down in the second half. I mean, Chuba's fumble, even the second time where he was down, they can't have Chuba Hubbard anymore returning kicks. And wouldn't be surprised if Chuba Hubbard, we talk about accountability, ends up being cut. Because at this point in time, it just does not seem like Chuba Hubbard's going to offer very much to the Carolina Panthers, running the football offensively or even receiving the ball at the backfield. And if he can't return kicks without fumbling, then what exactly does Chuba Hubbard provide to this roster? And, I, and I'm not saying he needs to be cut. It's just it was one of those things where – it looks like Chuba Hubbard's probably not going to be around here very much longer. Offense was anemic. Defense, 
they did their job. Man, because, like, after Chuba fumbled that opening kick, defense got a three and out. Giants kick a field goal. Robbie Anderson fumbles next possession. Giants get down to the red zone. Defense holds into another field goal. Like, they did their job. And back in the past, when y'all have been mad at Matt Rule for blaming the defense, what he's been saying, though, is like, look, man, y'all are our best unit. Offensively, I can't rely on these guys. Obviously, that's on me. But offensively, I can't rely on these dudes. So I know I'm asking a lot of you, but at the end of the game, when our offense has sucked ass all day, I shouldn't have said that, but when they've sucked all day, what I need you to do is to get a stop. And we saw last season, they couldn't do it. We saw last week, they couldn't do it. And we saw this week, they couldn't do it. Great unit. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to sit here and denigrate the defense. But when the Carolina Panthers have needed them the most, they have not got the job done. And I know, I know, I know, I know. You're yelling at me in the comments, cursing at me. And you're cursing at your car or wherever, being like, bleep you, Julian. Like, how dare you say about the defense? I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to tell you what's coming from the mindset of the guy who's wearing the headset on the sideline. I know you're not supposed to get in the mind of a psychopath, but that's what I'm trying to do right now. Matt's not really a psychopath, but you understand what I'm trying to say. When the defense has been called upon to make stops, to save the game, or get the ball back, they have not been able to do that. Is this loss on them? No. The, the loss is on the offense and all the mistakes the Panthers made with the football today. Not defensively. It's on the offense. And 4th and 16, I mean, come on. I had, someone, I had someone DM me, ask me, like, yo, should they have gone for it now? Like, I'm going crazy. My wife's trying to calm me down, as always. Take a deep breath when watching the game, especially before you send that tweet. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff, guys. Come on. We got to be better than this. Um, but that fourth and 16 situation, Scott Fowler from the Observer asked Matt Rule about it. You got three timeouts and a two-minute warning. You kick that in every situation, and you, you hope your defense can get you the ball back. And time of possession-wise today, um, let me go find those stats. The Panthers, they lost time of possession, of course, once again. It was 35-57 for the Giants, 24-03. So, I don't feel like they were, didn't feel like they were out there as much as they were last week. Uh, I had to go back and look at those numbers, which I guess I can do right now. Um, but still, in that situation, you kick the ball, you send your defense out there, and you tell them to go stop Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, especially when all day you've done a really good job stopping the run, and they gave it two first downs, and that was a game right there for the Carolina Panthers. So I don't have a problem with that. If I'm the coach, I would have done the exact same thing. And maybe I'm an idiot, uh, but I would have done the exact same thing. Punt in that situation, you put him back there. I mean, it was a terrible punt, by the way, from Hecker, which he needs to be a lot better. So, yeah, 38-26 for last week for the Browns and 21-34 for the Panthers. So, they were on the field three minutes longer a week ago. So, time possession still was an issue today for Carolina. I, I didn't really have a problem with that as far as things go. Um, really surprised. I, I don't think I saw Rashard Higgins or Terrace Marshall. It looks like they're going just strictly with DJ and with Robbie and Shy Smith, who earned his, his chance. But so far, I have not seen anything out of Shy Smith in the last two weeks to justify not giving Hollywood Higgins, who has a rapport dating back to the time in Cleveland he spent with Baker, with Baker, like why he hasn't gotten a snap. Terrace Marshall, he hasn't gotten anything. LaVisca Chenault, once again, was inactive, not ready to go. We'll see how that bears the next couple of weeks, especially next week against New Orleans. Um, and then, I mean, Baker, man, just uh, the numbers overall weren't great. 
he looks like he just doesn't seem to trust what's in front of him and what he's seeing. We saw two batted balls once again, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's trying to run from the pocket because, yeah, there was one drive where they dropped back three times, and only one of those times there was really true pressure coming up the gut from New York. But the other two times, like he's just bailing out from a clean pocket. Is that a byproduct of having, like, what, five balls or so t- tipped at the line of scrimmage to start the season? And, and he, he was asked about it. Didn't seem to be very fond of that question of, hey, why the ball is getting batted? Uh, but, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a question. And your height is one of the issues, and defensive coordinators are going to try and keep you in the pocket and get your hands up. So maybe he's trying to get out of the pocket so that he has not worry about that. I don't know. But 14-29, 145 yards, one touchdown, that ain't good enough, man. I mean, Daniel Jones is better than him. You can't get outplayed by Daniel Jones. I guess I can get to some good things that happened on Sunday since, you know, we should try to at least look in the bright side. It's funny. I tweet out before the game. It's like, hey, let's try and enjoy this one. We only get 17 of those a week. Uh, that's the last time I'm trying to send out positive vibes over Twitter. That's also probably a bad place to even try to do that. That's what my dude, supportive dude, is for on Twitter or supportive guy. I think he's at supportive dude, but sort of supportive guy. That's what he's for is uh, send out those positive vibes. I'm not going to try and get, his, and get in his lane, but certainly I try to, you know, maybe enjoy the football because the one thing I hate is – Everyone gets so excited. I don't know how excited people were this year. Certainly getting Baker made it far more exciting that Sam Darnold would have still been out there. And I guess one thing that Sam Darnold wouldn't have had happen was getting all these balls bad at the line of scrimmage. But I digress. But still, it's like we get excited for football. And then after two weeks, we're like, nah, man, bleep the coach, bleep this. Like, I'm done with this team. It's like, man, that sucks. Why? why like, we spend so much time. Like, they had the longest offseason of any of the sports in this country. And we get fired up for it. And after two weeks, we're done. But hey, I, I can't really begrudge anybody to do that. If don't you don't have to watch the games? Just you know, be sure to keep listening to the podcast and help your boy out, especially if you love me. Um, but the good McCaffrey was involved offensively today. Fifteen carries for 102 yards. Really, all came on that 49 yard uh, run that he had. He had four receptions for 26 yards. Barely saw DJ Moore, but when they did get him involved for that one drive, he had a touchdown. It's amazing how good things happen when DJ touches the ball. Brian Burns two sacks. Frankie Luvu. Looked awesome. Ten tackles, all solo. Four tackles for loss. Red zone defense, one for three. Really kept his team in the game, gave him an opportunity. Quick injury stuff. Uh, Bravion Roy went down with a hamstring injury, was carted off the sideline. Uh, Marquan McCall, who was active for Phil Hoskins, who graded out as the worst defensive player, according to Pro Football Focus last year for the Panthers. McCall got his first ever uh, opportunity in the NFL. In a regular season game, he made a big tackle for loss late in that game, so good to see him play like that. Um, Dante Jackson also appeared to come up lame with his right leg. He was holding the back of his leg, did not return, looked like a hamstring for him. So not a good situation to have Dante Jackson potentially have an injury that could be lingering, especially a muscle one for a couple weeks. And that's just what I saw. So hopefully that's not going to be the case. But J.C., C.J., and I guess now Keith Taylor would probably be that top three for Carolina if Dante is going to miss any time, just from what I saw. I'm not saying he's going to miss time, but did not look good for Dante Jackson overall. I will say one thing before we get out of here. I don't think Matt Rule is going to get fired. I also wouldn't rule it out. I don't see how that necessarily helps Carolina Panthers. They do it now. The thing is, Matt Rule is going to have an opportunity, in my opinion, because I don't think they're going to fire him after two weeks. If they do that, if I'm a coach out there and I see that David Tepper gave this guy a seven-year contract and all this money, and after 35 games, two seasons, and then the week two, he fired him, I don't necessarily think I'd be all that enamored about coming here in Carolina. Now, David Tepper will – I don't know. Would David Tepper throw a bunch of money at another coach like Sean Payton out of the booth? 
I don't think that Sean would want to come here. We had Roman Harper, who played for Sean Payton, said, why the hell would Sean do that, especially when you don't have a long-term answer at quarterback, and he didn't have one in New Orleans either. I don't think that's the situation he's trying to sign up for at all. But still, David Tapper has a ton of money, and it's possible that he could throw a ton of money at another coach if that's someone that he really wants to get here. And it's not really something like a sitting head coach that you can do. You can do a trade. Don't know how many teams out there really trying to do a trade for a head coach. So I don't know how much trust I have in David Tepper, if at all, for him to get the coach decision right. He didn't get it right the first time, it seems. There's still a chance for Matt Rule. There's 15 games to go. I know this is going to fall in deaf ears. They were 3-0 and last season. And what happened? They went 2-12 and the rest of the way. They started off 0-2 this season. They still have 15 games to go. There is a reason why I felt the Carolina Panthers could be a good football team this year offensively, they can only get better. And I think they're going to get better. It's going to take some time. Defensively, they did their job today. And the offense needed to do far more for them to win this game. And the turnovers don't help. If they don't turn the ball over, they beat New York. It's as simple as that. If they don't turn the ball over last week, they probably beat Cleveland. If you don't make mistakes, you can win the game. you got to play clean football, complimentary football. They have not done that through the first two weeks of the season. But this team is not a bad team, in my opinion. I know you are what the record says you are. Under Matt Rule, they've been a bad team. I know, the, I know what the numbers say. And I've already came up here and opened the show by saying the numbers tell me that Matt Rule likely going to be fired at some point in the season. I don't necessarily de- disagree with that. I'm just sitting here telling y'all there's way too much left in the year to just give up right now. And, again, I'm sure you're probably cursing at me right now in the comment section and on Twitter and all that. Knock yourself out. I don't read any of that stuff anyways. But, sure, have your opinion. Be upset have the emotions. That's what's great about sports. It's also some of the ugly side about sports, but that's why we really gravitate to all this because of the community feel and just the passion that we have. And I appreciate your passion, even if it's misguided at times. I don't think it's time to quit on this team. I'm certainly not going to do it. Well, because I got to do this podcast every day anyway. So like I got to watch this anyways. So 15 games left. They could have won both of these games. They didn't. Matt Rule says they're close. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but the numbers say they're not. We'll see what happens, man. There's still time to get it turned around, and God, I hope it does. Because I, as I, t- I talked to Josh Klein earlier this week, and I told him, man, like it, it just sucks just how down so many people, especially on Twitter, are on this team. And, I, and look, <laughs> I had one of my buddies in our group chat today, like as soon as they had that fumble, being like, why do we even watch this every week? And I was like, dude, don't watch. I totally understand. Uh, it, it sucks, man. Like the Panthers can be good. I mean, it's just the city will be buzzing. It's just nothing like being in an NFL town, which Charlotte's become a pro sports town, man. It's nothing like being in a pro sports town when that team, especially the football team is winning. And I'll t- I desperately want that for all of you who reside here and wherever you might be in the world who call this team, your favorite team and call Charlotte home. I desperately want that all for you. Like, for me, I'll be okay. I would rather talk about a winning team. Fortunately, I'm getting paid for this, so, like, I've at least been able to monetize my misery of watching this team week in and week out. But I want to be able to have a connection with y'all by enjoying this conversation, enjoying this team on Sundays, being excited about Sundays. Because a lot of times, man, I wake up, I read about college football, and I yearn for it to still be Saturday just so I don't have to sit on the couch for three hours and watch this team and see people bitch and moan on Twitter and be upset about it. I just want us all to have fun. And currently, the guy who's lost nine straight and is 10 and 25 overall and is 1 and 25 when his team allows 17 plus points and is 5 and 12 in the 17 of the last 19 games that they have led 
ain't allowing us to do that at all. And that flat out sucks. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the of Locked On Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, please keep watching the show and please subscribe to the show over on Locked On uh, Panthers YouTube channel. Also, check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Please, please keep listening. I understand the teams are good. I am certainly like you. When Tar Heels lose, I don't want to listen to the podcast. Certainly, they've started off 3 0s. I've been able to listen to everything Inside Carolina puts out there. But the minute they lose, I don't want to hear any of it. Please hang in there with me. I know I'm sitting here begging you to listen to the show. But please, if you love me, please don't go away. There's 15 games. They could turn it around. I don't know. I've never been dubbed the most positive person in the world. So it really says a lot that I'm still sitting here trying to think that, like, maybe they can turn things around when the vast majority of people are saying, it's over, Julian. And maybe I'm the fool for still trying to believe. And, look, they can't hurt me. I'm, I'm already so hurt at this point in time. Also, please send in questions to the weekly Friday mailbag. Someone already asked me, like, so what are you going to do on Fridays when uh, you no longer get messages? It's like, I'm sure I'll get messages. Just won't get as many as I used to. Uh, but either at me or DM me to participate this week in the weekly Friday mailbag. It's at Julian Council on Twitter. Get, of course, click follow for uh, any of my commentary on Sundays throughout the week. And, of course, to uh, participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, get off social media, have a drink if you need to, go take a walk outside, do anything, do anything but be nasty to the people around you and to the head coach who disappoints you every Sunday and occasionally on Thursday night as well. As always, keep pounding, y'all, and for real, like right now, we really got to keep pounding. I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday as we'll hear what Matt Rule has to say after he breaks down the film on Monday. Until then, goodbye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 